The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Trained to be affirming? Remember, you are absolutely unique. Just like everybody else. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. Last week I was not around. I was in Canada. And I want to thank the... uh, independent Catholic administrators from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, for allowing me to uh, visit with them at their conference, speak for three days, and that pretty much used up every single thing I know about anything. And a matter of fact, by the third day I was gone, did I say that? Well, let me say it again. Repeat it. As my Latin teacher, Mr. Rametta, used to say, repetition for emphasis. Well, you know, holy, holy, holy. That's right. Repetition for emphasis. Dr. Ray Grandy here. Program Doctor is in Monday through Friday. Typically live, but uh, been been missing a couple. And uh, I was informed by my producer man, Andrew Kruchek, that we played a couple of least worsts last week. I said, Andrew, uh, when are we going to be able to play a best of? And he said, and he's very good this way, he's very gentle with me, but he said, I'm going back about five years, and I am pasting together minutes from a whole bunch of different shows. And uh, I'm on reviewing maybe show number 50, 55 right now, and once I get to about 70, 75, I should have enough minutes or seconds to put together a best of. So I'm really excited about that. But until then... When I'm not here, it's a least worst of. Number to get onto the program, 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number. If you have a question about something, somebody, someplace, somewhere, somehow in your life that is perplexing you, flummoxing you, and sometimes you are so distressed you noctambulate. Haha, look that one up, huh? You can probably figure it out. Ambulate means to walk. Noctambulate. Noct is night. Nighttime walking. That's right, you're up and about. So, uh, or you can call in with a, a question about something in psychology or development or even faith. Now, I'm not a Jimmy Aiken. I'm not a Tim Staples. I'm not all the wonderful apologists all over the place on the EWTN networks, but... I can maybe take a run at it a little bit as I struggled my own way back to the faith over eight years, trying to learn what I could, trying to understand what I could from other people much more erudite, pedagogically lucubrating than myself. 
You never get to use those words in everyday conversation. 877-57-EQUAL is the number. You will get Andrew Kruchek, my producer man, today. The question is, one, does Christmas and its preparation stress you? And two, how much are you putting upon yourself out of obligation? All right. Let's just take one aspect of the obligatory preparatory response for Christmas. Christmas cards. Why do you send Christmas cards? Now, I've wrestled with that myself over the past few years, and I've always come down on the side of sending Christmas cards with one absolute condition on my sending a Christmas card. First of all, I am not just simply going to write Ray and Randy Garendi. I used to write all 10 kids' names. That took a while. Andrew, Hannah, Sarah, John, Joanne, James. Okay, I, I, that doesn't happen anymore. It's just me and Randy. I don't do that. I try to very much put in a personal note, some type of note, usually thanking the person for them being in my life or memories that we've had together or people from my past that I used to work with and I'll never forget. And even though I don't see them, I think about it. You know, something, something personal to each person, handwritten. Because if I don't do that, I feel I am just simply doing something obligatory. Here, I'm going to send you a Christmas card. And furthermore, I'm going to have the name printed. I'm not even going to sign the name. I'm just going to print it. Now, one of the things that is common is uh, sending Christmas cards with a lot of pictures. Pictures of family, pictures. You know, you can have them put in a kind of little montage on the front. That's kind of cool. You get to see what the person looks like. So that's nice. And and again, I am not I am not disparaging sending out Christmas cards. I'm not saying that. Don't mishear me. What I'm saying is are you doing it as some kind of obligatory thing and you want to get through it as quick as you can? If you're older, there are a lot of people who have crossed through your life. A lot. You used to work with them. You used to be uh, on the same ball team as them. You used to be neighbors with them until they moved away. There's just a lot of people. So, given that, the question becomes, what's your motive? One of the more unsettling responses is December 22nd, you get a Christmas card from someone that you did not send a Christmas card to. This is this is just a notch below getting a gift from somebody that you didn't buy a gift for. Oh, no. Now what? Well, I can overnight this Christmas card, right? Don't want them to think. I'm not thinking of them. I would suggest if you're sending out obligatory Christmas cards, then consider one of two things. One, don't do it. Just don't do it. 
Many of the people that you send Christmas cards to, you're going to see anyway. I always ask myself that question. Um, what, what will happen if I don't send this person a Christmas card? Because, because I see them a lot. I work with them. I go out with them. I talk with them. Their family. I don't really send Christmas cards to my family. I see them all the time. So I don't send them. Or if I'm going to, I absolutely have to tell myself in the space where you open up the Christmas card, off to the left, and I think that's the word for that is verso. I just came across that. I subscribe to something called Word Genius where you learn all kinds of vocabulary words. Verso is the left-hand side of a page of a book. So I would assume that's the left-hand side of a Christmas card. Fill, okay, if you can fill it up, that's great. And you know why that's important? Because to take the effort to do that, tell someone you matter to me. Oh, come on, Dr. Ray. You're kind of exaggerating, aren't you? Well, it's a little thing. It says you matter. I sat down and I wrote, handwritten, a note to you. And usually a positive, uplifting note. Not about me, not about what's happening in my life, not about the fact that uh, my kid, my grandkid had a birthday party and he had visits from the Pope and the ghost of Elvis. You know those things. Oh, I hate those things. Let me tell you how wonderful our family is. Let me tell you how great my kids are doing. They are Christmas brag letters. You know it. So, small little note. And if you don't send out the card and you get past the guilt, because you know you will have the guilt because you've been sending out Christmas cards forever, ask yourself, what's my motive here? That's the question. Okay, I could talk a lot more about this, but I'm noticing the lines are just filling up. So I, I appreciate very much the company. I'm hoping it's because I haven't been around for a while and you folks have had to struggle through life on your own. Stumbling along? How did you make it all this time? 877-573-7825. Thank you for joining me. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. He was a pope, a saint, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across Northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. 
Check it out. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. This is the kind of music that we played when I used to play in the restaurants. This is the kind of stuff you had to play while people were eating. You know, you couldn't go into any kind of a rock song. You couldn't do Proud Mary, any of those. Remember Proud Mary? All right, I'm showing my age. But that's the kind of stuff you had to play. This kind of little samba, bossa nova, anything like that. Kind of a soft, tasty sort of thing. I really think that the uh, owners and the managers would come up and ask me to play those songs because they knew I wouldn't sing them. That's the thing. Jenny, there's a lot of lot of good calls up there, so I'm going to ask you to be patient. Jenny from Montana. Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you? Well, I'll tell you what, did you lose all your friends or just some of them? All of them. All of them? All yeah. of them? Well, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick background. Um, in January 1st, 2006, I, well, I had been a nurse, and then I had a terrible accident that almost killed me. And uh, I got really depressed, and I started seeing um, a psychiatrist, a negligent one, who overdrugged me, and I became a great and terrible and fun sinner for about 13 to 15 years because of all the medications I was on. And um, when I, someone finally told me how overdrugged I was and what I was doing, I got off all the medications and um, of course Jenny? my life Jenny, bring bring me up to bring me up to what you told our call screamer, which was you've rejoined the church, and your friends yes, and aren't I, taking that well. No, because I don't go to the bars anymore. I don't drink anymore. Um, I became very devoted to my Catholic faith again, and now. Well, um, wait a minute. Are they hostile? Are they hostile? Jenny, Jenny, are they hostile to you because you don't live that lifestyle? Or, or are your friendships just fading away because you don't engage in the activities that they still engage in? Um, They all just stopped. I mean, they just stopped. So they if you're if you're me. not gonna you're not gonna party with us, we're not gonna have anything to do with you. Exactly. Uh, have they come right out and said we really don't like you since you got religion? Um, actually, my one friend I had since birth 
said, you don't like to do the things I do anymore. So there's no point in it. Jenny, you got a couple of avenues to take here. The one is your own mind, which is you have to decide who's more important, your friends or Christ. God is. Okay. Well, then now you got you got the right mind there. The other avenue is obviously you can make new connections with people at church or different groups who think more like you. Can't you? Yes, I have made a couple friends at church, which is nice. Um, but um, it, it's hard making new friends. I'm almost 60 now, and I've had these friends all my life, and it, I, I kind of don't know how to make new friends. Well, the easiest way is to be present. Social psychologists tell you that the number one factor in making new friends is proximity. That means nearness. We attend the same church. We have joined the same groups. We embark upon the same kinds of activities. I live close to the person. I work with the person. I volunteer with the person. In other words, just simply being around somebody tends to form some kinds of friendships. It does. So you don't really have to be active. Okay, how do I do this here? What formula do I apply to make myself a new friend? No, you don't have to do that. And the other thing, too, Jenny, is if you show interest in other people, if you ask them about themselves... If you're truly, truly seeking the bits and pieces of who they are, their personalities, people are so attracted to that. Very few people do that, Jenny. If you are one who does that, oh, I'll tell you what, you won't have any shortage of people who want to be around you, for sure. So, you said something interesting up here. Are you seeing a therapist now? Yes. Okay. And she actually said that maybe it's my fault that and, my friends left me. Well, I I can't second guess any therapist, but I would I would wonder, and you're going to be a look back call because I I can't get into this right now. But I would wonder what it is about your style that you've shared with your therapist, where she came to the conclusion that you're putting people off because you're pushing their religion on them, pushing your religion on them, or you're you're being unpleasant and difficult about all of this. I don't know. That's between you and your therapist. That may be why she thinks that. Maybe she's saying, you got to look at yourself here, Jenny. You got to decide, are you pushing your friends away with your with your religion? That's probably what she's poking at, isn't it? Well, I don't know because I don't push my religion on anybody. Okay, then um, then you don't have to worry about that. There's there's something that's always going to happen, especially in our culture, Jenny, and that is yeah when you when you move toward Christ and your faith, 
and it becomes very central to your life. There will be more and more people who simply want nothing to do with you, who cannot relate to you in their mind. They don't like it. They don't like your newfound morals. They don't like your newfound view of the world. That's going to happen. Our Lord said, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Now, you're not getting persecuted, certainly not like our Lord did. However, his point is well taken. They didn't like me, not going to like you. So that's something that you will accept as the quote-unquote cost of becoming closer to God and Christ. That's it. But you're not helpless. You're 60. You're a pup. And you can make new connections, maybe not obviously lifelong, but remember this, Jenny, those lifelong friends in many ways were because you weren't living your life well. You admitted it. You said it. So because you were living your life in a ragged sort of way, you had people that related to you. Well, that's just one heck of a price to pay to keep a friend. Right. God bless I, you, I dear. I didn't like the life I was living. Good for you, then. You pulled out of it. And there's going to be people who just say, I don't really like the new Jenny. But that's okay. All you got to worry about is are you getting closer to God? Jenny, Merry Christmas to you, dear. Thank you. Thanks for the Merry call. Merry Christmas, and All thank right. you. Bless you. Bye. You're welcome. Boy, we've got a couple of good calls there that dropped off. One was, how do you change yourself? I tend to complain a lot. And then one is, best advice for a newly retired spouse who is a real grouch. Better hope that newly retired spouse doesn't think you're the real grouch. So I don't know why those folks had to go, but uh, come on back if you can. And let's go to Pat, who is calling from Boston, Massachusetts. Hi, Pat. Hi, how are you, Dr. Ray? Um, nothing gaining on me that I know of, anyway. There could be it could be stuff going on inside my body that I have no idea of, but at least as I look at it. You know what you know what, Pat, I used to do? I used to make faces in the mirror when I was a kid. I used to make you know how you look in the mirror and you make all these goofy faces, ugly faces? Yeah. Well the mirror now is getting back at me. I just noticed that. I stopped looking. <laughs> yeah. If I have a friend who says if there were no mirrors, we wouldn't know what we look like. We'd be fine. Mother Angelica told us to stop looking in the mirror, so I took that advice a long time ago. <laughs> so you got an adult daughter who just has, carries the problems of the world on her shoulders. Oh, my goodness. She's a lovely girl. She was raised Catholic in, all her life, gave it up after going to Catholic college, as they do. Um, hasn't come to church in seven or eight years now, so she's almost 30. Graduate from a graduate school, has got a good job, and she's working her way toward hopefully an international position, and she'd like to work to save the world, basically. Uh But she calls me in tears and and crying and, you know, hiccuping. She can't get over, gosh, the genocide here and the shootings over there, and she just carries it. And I I don't know if she needs to go see somebody for professional help at this point. Well, I would think if she's totally miserable, you'd ask her that, right? Say, do you I have, think, yeah. And, and what does she say? Well, we've danced around it. You know, she definitely acknowledges she has anxiety. She has depression on both sides of her family, which she's aware of. Um, How did? Why did but, she decide you know, religion? Time. 
Why did she decide religion has no place in her life? I don't know. I don't know. I, gosh, we went to church. We, st- I, you know, I still go. We have a Catholic home, but my husband never went, and I think it maybe w- wore off on her. She believes in God, but not Jesus. Oh, which breaks my heart. I'm in the Saint Monica Club. I pray for. When you say not Jesus, turn, that but, meaning that that he was not God. Uh, I think so. I okay. Think so. Stay right there. I am filled with guidance, just waiting to burst forth. Don't leave me, Pat. i got to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Ray. Thank you. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get on to the program. Need to hear from you. Still got plenty of time. Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mother Angelica said that the essence of evangelization is to tell everyone that Jesus loves you. Matt Frad says that it is one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. Are we so full of the things of the world that we can't hear or receive the gifts that God is giving to us? In Isaiah, we hear, The Lord delights in you. I've called you by name. You are mine. You are precious in my eyes, and I love you. Well, we often don't want to hear that, and in the Gospel of Matthew, it hits us over the head even more that we're invited to be part of the kingdom of God. Jesus is king, and he's come to establish his kingdom. The Beatitudes are the eight roads to God. They lead us with his gifts of the Holy Spirit to become the new person in Christ who will find happiness and bring that happiness to others. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. There is genuine consolation from the Catholic Catechism regarding the death of a loved one. The Christian who dies in Christ Jesus, we are told, is away from the body and at home with the Lord. Death marks the end of a Christian's sacramental life, but the fulfillment of his new birth, which began at baptism, now has a definitive conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. The Christian funeral does not give the deceased a sacrament or sacramentals because he or she has passed beyond the sacramental economy. The different funeral rites express the paschal character of Christian death. The greatest consolation to the Christian is the knowledge that even in death, We are separated only temporarily, that one day, if we have lived well, we will all be together again in Christ. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. No errors on air. Doing my own stunt voices. No discipline. No body doubles here. No mouth doubles. Pronouncing the difficult words. Vicissitudes, excoriate, photosynthesis, excalibur. I'm talking to someone who sounds like an absolutely delightful mother. I can't know that. I've only talked to her for three minutes, but ah, what the heck? I can say that. Let me put it this way. In the three minutes that I've spoken with her, she has been delightful. Pat, you still there? I am, and you are a riot. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know what? Okay, Pat. Nice try. I gave you... you using the big words. 
I gave you a compliment, and then that finally got you to compliment me. I had to compliment you first. You didn't didn't give me a compliment on your own. That hurts. That really hurts. Hey, the, excuse me, but the compliment is that I listen to you almost every day, and I've been listening to you for years, and I am so thankful that you're out there for us. Okay. Thank you. All right. Now, let's talk about your daughter here. Does she ever make the connection between her distress about the the misery in the world and her leaving the faith? No. Okay. So she it it doesn't give her any solace that in fact there is a God who's keeping an eye on things who will make it all right in the end. She gets she gets nothing out of that. That's Zippo. No, and I do I do mention it and I do raise it because again, I, I live my faith and I talk about it and Okay. You know, we, we understand each other. I guess I would probably say I mean if she doesn't get turned off by you talking the religious stuff. I might say things like, well, you know, given that this stuff bothers you so much, do you think there's any relation between the fact that you you simply don't see the presence of God around? And I know what she'll say. Well, of course, if there's a God, look what he's allowing to happen. All this misery. What kind of God is that kind of thing? Yeah. And then you can sort of explain some of the answers to that even though they might not satisfy but here's the other one this this is one that's for me maybe i can give you some concrete direction you said she doesn't believe in jesus what does that mean um so so there is the creator there's god who created the universe acknowledges that it's not a big bang theory type of thing um but i think and i don't know if it's part of the catholic church per se that's turned her off but you know, Jesus is a nice man. He was good. Was he God? Eh, I don't know. So we've we've gone that route. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, you know, well, he is here. <laughs> I might uh, I might say, why do you think he's a nice man, a good a good teacher? And she'll tell you, well, he's that good things that can help you live your life. Okay. Yeah. So how do you account for the fact that he also talked like he was God? Well, I don't think he actually said those things. I think that the the people who wrote the stories about him uh, just put yeah. those in there. Okay. So you think that, but do you have any evidence for that? So on one hand, you're willing to say he said good things for living, but on the other hand, you're willing to say he's a nutcase because only nutcases think they're God. So right, what I would... Lawyer, I, I, uh, sorry. I would I would start to just I'm sorry, go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I apologize. I apologize too. All right. I, I think I'm more sorry than you are, but that's okay. All right. I would kind of gently guide her through the irrationality of her thinking. You said she's highly educated. So and if she's not offended by her mom raising some thoughtful questions, not to challenge, not to put down, not to argue. But to say, well, how did you decide that he's a good person, but he's not God, if if the stories that you believe are true about his teaching, you don't believe are true about him being God? Mm-hmm. Well, because he's not God. Well, well, how do you know he's not God? Well, they just wrote that. 
okay, how do you know they wrote that? Tell me. Tell me how you know they wrote that. But there's some books out there you might want to refer her to. One is called The Case for Christ. Very easy read. Very simple, easy read. Oh, I've read it. Have you? Yeah. Lee, Lee Strobel is written guy by an atheist journalist who decided, I'm going to disprove this whole Christianity thing. Okay. Ask her if she's willing to read something like that. Uh, there is another book, a little heavier, little little meatier, uh, written by Peter Kreeft and a Jesuit priest named Ron Tasselli. It's called, it was called Handbook of Christian Apologetics. For whatever the reason, Dr. Kreeft or Mr. Priest Tasselli may have changed it to Handbook of Catholic Apologetics. They take the approach of, let's reason our way to this God belief and this Christ belief. Let's just look at what the evidence indicates. And they really don't use Scripture to say, okay, Scripture says this. No, they don't do it that way. They say, how do we know that, in fact, he wasn't just a good teacher? Let's look at all the possibilities here. And I think that's a very helpful book. I think when you talk to her, you might say, I know you don't want to hear this, but without a deep relationship with God and Christ, it is very hard to find personal peace. If you were made for a relationship with God and you essentially categorize him as just the the big cosmic basketball player who's playing somewhere off in the universe but doesn't really pay a whole lot of attention to us, why he just had to design things, then it's really hard to find peace. Because you're right, the world's an ugly place. It is an incredibly ugly place. I, I would I would probably try to keep relating her distress her sadness, her anxiety, whatever she's telling you about, to the fact Mm. that she's essentially abandoned what could be the truth of the universe. Now, if she starts to fight you, if if, if it gets, and she starts, Mom, Mom, cut it out. I don't need to hear that. Then, okay, then you got to back off. I won't talk to you if you tell me these things, right? Yeah, if she does that, then you got to back off. But if she says things a little more benign, like, I know, Mom, I know that's how you look at it. I'm just not ready to look at it that way. I just, I can't see a reason for looking at it that way. Then you can say, well, you want yeah. to read some things? I got some things you could read. Oh, I don't know. Then you ask her this. You say, well, how content are you right now with life? Well, not very. Well, then what would it hurt you to look at some other ways of looking at it? I'm writing this down. Would it hurt you to look? Yeah, would it hurt you to look? If you got to ask her, if you're course, if you're completely totally content, then okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show you any other options. But you're telling me you're not. So okay, those are exactly the right answers as usual. Exactly the right. I don't know if they're exactly the right answers. They might be. You know, no. If she's looking for peace, and I'm, I'm going to interrupt. If she's looking for peace, you can only find it with Jesus, and and that's the answer. <laughs> I hope Thank she you. accepts it. Oh, Pat, delightful. Thank you. Eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five eight seven seven fifty seven equal is the number to call to get onto the program. I would very much love to hear from you. Got some lines open. You could be first up.
Faithfully Connection with Teresa Tomio. The church isn't saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. Throw out all the media. Don't use the media. What the Pope is saying that make sure that what you are doing is enabling yourself and others to encounter Christ more deeply. And you can't do that unless you reach out. You have to reach out to God first. You have to encounter Him in the Eucharist, in that personal relationship. And then you pray, you reflect, and then you go. In my book, Beyond Sunday, Becoming a 24-7 Catholic, I talk about the three M's of faith, meeting, mercy, and mission. You meet and encounter Christ. You enter into a personal relationship with Him. He gives you mercy. And then what do you do? You just sit there and say, oh, thanks, Jesus, see you later. No, you go out on mission exactly as the woman at the well did. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. In the midst of our culture today, in this age of relativism, which wants to grant Jesus some significance, but not so much, so we'll give him wise man, great leader, inspiring preacher, great teacher, prophet. You don't get that option when you claim to be God. What reasons do we have to believe that he is who he said he is? And it's important, again, to employ the use of our reason and to understand that faith is not blind. My faith And please God, the faith of everyone here is not blind. It rests on something. rests on a number of things, not least of which is my own experience of God, but it also has something substantial which can be claimed through history. We're not talking about a galaxy long, long ago, far, far away when we talk about Jesus. We're talking about a precise moment in history which has been testified to by countless testimonies. And you and I have access to them. Thank you for joining me here on The Doctor Is In. This is Dr. Igarendi program, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, some four to 500 stations now, as well as Ave Maria Radio Communications in Ann Arbor. They've gotten together. Ave produces the program out of Ann Arbor with my producer man, Andrew Kruchek father of Audrey Rose and John. His kids are getting older. They're halfway through childhood already. When I met the boy, I don't think he had any kids at all. So, uh, also, and what else? Uh, Living Right with Dr. Ray, the TV show, just uh, now airing season number 12. And we just finished taping season number 13. So, given all that, we're heading, God willing, down to Birmingham in January to tape four shows down there. 877-573-7825. And now, now I am about to venture into the murky waters. The, the waters that, if I'm going to irritate and bother people, it's going to be with this question from Julio before I take the call 
I had a woman tell me she had just moved into this area some years ago, and she joined a mother's group. They were asking her about her life prior to moving to the area, and as she shared some ups and downs, they were all interested and all very supportive of her journey. Until, oh, until, she happened to mention that she had a couple of preschoolers, and uh, on occasion, she swatted about them. It almost got her kicked out of the group, that's for sure. Come on, you can set fires, and you can do all kinds of things, and that is, well, we're glad that you're repentant and we need to accept you without judgment but don't swat a bottom your evil person incarnate julio from fresno california hi julio hi dr ray how are you am i pronouncing it is it julio not julio julio, julio. yes Thank sir you, julio sir. i have to realize too uh-huh. in hispanic the j is pronounced like an h correct Yes, that's correct. Like Javier, Julio, Jesus. Javier, yeah, it's my son's name. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the question here, uh, you're going to get me in all kinds of trouble with all kinds of people. You know that, Julio. Yes, I do know that. I almost <laughs> didn't want to call with it. But, <laughs> but uh, I, and I, I don't I, care, I, by the way. I don't care. <laughs> so right. go, go ahead. Um, I, I've seen some of the videos that you uh, promote, like a blackout. Um, you know, you take away things when when you're when you're uh, when when a child misbehaves, and we've we've tried uh, doing that. But I guess I was still wondering: is there a way to incorporate spanking with that? Is there something, you know, that a child could do that is actually, you know, can can I use like an immediate spanking, you know, when when the act is, you know, bad enough? Okay. Well, first, let me uh, clarify blackout because, believe it or not, Julio, uh, there are people, and I know this this is hard to believe, but there are people listening right now who do not listen every day to every minute. I can't believe that, but hey, okay, they'll, they'll just, don't blame me if their kid's on Springer. Um, blackout is essentially most of the time used when a kid refuses their initial punishment. So, in other words, if you tell your little five-year-old to go to the corner and he immediately resists you and you don't want to get into a battle with him, you simply, at that point, discontinue all perks and privileges and you let him know it until he serves his quarter time. Or if you give your 12-year-old a handwritten apology for their disrespect and they refuse to do it, you simply discontinue, blackout, all privileges, perks, everything. Everything. That that means everything except love, some kinds of food, and maybe the bathroom. Of course, if you're a boy, the world is your bathroom. So, hey. Now, <laughs> spanking. If there is, Julio, one parenting practice that the experts are just violently against, it is any kind of swatting about them. Any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they come down on it. Although, this is interesting, and people don't like to hear this, but it's true. The American Academy of Pediatrics even said it when they reviewed the research. There is no evidence when spanking is done judiciously in loving homes by a loving parent that causes any kind of the psychological damage that it's been accused of. 
might make right mentality, solving problems through force, dominating a child. There's the, the list is endless. There's a form of child abuse, etc. It's not there. It's not there. Part of spanking's problem has been that it's been poorly used. I mean, people swing first and ask questions later. They overreact. They do all kinds of terrible things under the name of spanking or corporal punishment. I've often said this, and I've offered it to parents. I said, look, spanking has to be judged as all discipline is judged. How well is it working in your home with that particular child under those circumstances? Now, couple of things from my own experience and i think there's research back up on this spanking fades out kid gets to be five six seven it's fading away you, you just don't use it all that much two spanking is not your main discipline because a four-year-old misbehaves so much you could never consistently spank after all their misbehavior they misbehave too much you got to have something that's a little more usable and benign, like a corner or sitting on the steps or head down at the table, whatever it is you choose. Spanking is like a spice. I may use this under certain circumstances. Now, there's a whole lot of objections that I could offer to this spanking is evil theory. For example, I'll give you just a small one. My second book was called Back to the Family. We interviewed strong families in all 50 states. They were nominated by National State Teachers of the Year as the most well-adjusted, responsible, moral, absolutely beautiful children these, these teachers had seen. So we interviewed the families. We said, tell us about your discipline. Tell us about your communication. Tell us about your history. Tell us about your parenting view. Tell us about your religion. Tell us about affection. 70% of those families said that they did spank when the kids were growing up. Not a lot, not a lot. But it was one aspect of when the kids were littler. And these kids went on to be the best kids that these teachers had ever seen. 30% of the family said, no, we didn't. We never did. We didn't want to. Okay, fine. You're the parent. You decide. So I guess what I would say, Julio, is, is that you decide this. You decide when. You decide exactly what infractions. And... My experience is, this is another thing that's changed, two to three generations ago, spankings were, they were more like whippings, you know? You, you got it with a paddle, you got it with a switch, you got it with a ruler, you got it with a wooden spoon like I did. <laughs> I remember the first time my mom was uh, uh, stirring sauce with the wooden spoon. I yelled, I said, hey, 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 that's for my <laughs> bottom, what are you doing? Okay, so so given that, what parents now do is kind of like a gentle tap. Because they don't, you know, they've, been, they've just been warned so much that spanking is so awful and evil and terrible and horrible that you're going to ruin your child for life that they, yeah. they just kind of do a, a gentle a token swat, which on one hand it makes them feel like they're spanking, but on the other hand the kid goes, man, you wrinkled my sweatpants, what are you doing? So (laughs) now I know there are people listening to me right now, right now that say, well, I thought I liked that guy, but I'm telling you what, if that's how he thinks. Julio, let me just give you the results of a survey I read. They asked, is it worse to have an adulterous relationship on your spouse 
or to hit a child. Now, notice how they said that, hit a child. They didn't say spank, they said hit. Do you know what the survey respondents picked as worst? Yeah, hitting the yeah. child. Yes, yes. Mm. So that shows you the mindset right now in our culture. The experts have, have totally assaulted it when even though there isn't any solid research. Oh, there's surveys, and there are long-term, 93% of all incarcerated prisoners have had some form of corporal punishment when they were children. That's true. Mm-hmm. However, uh, dig deeper into their parenting and their family lives, and most of the time they were atrocious. And the, and the spanking, as it was called, was not really spanking. It was nastiness. And so, yeah, therefore, you could correlate them having gotten hit or whipped or whatever it was within the terrible upbringing that most of them had. So, I mean, I could go on in this. I've, I've dealt with this topic in my book, uh, Discipline That Lasts a Lifetime. I spent a whole chapter on it because there's so many ways to look at this much more reasonably than it's been looked at. Julio, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to just ramble on, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Ray. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Way past break. Uh, We'll get to your calls momentarily. This is Dr. Ray. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. While Mary's not mentioned as often as Moses, not mentioned as often as Peter or Paul, her role in Scripture is even more significant. She's absolutely unique. There are many prophets, there are many apostles, but there's only one God-bearer. There are a lot of people who proclaim the Word of God. There's only one woman who bore the Word of God, quite literally, within her. She's utterly unique in that she literally transmits the Word of God to the world. So when the Word of God wanted to take on human flesh, whose human flesh did he choose? It was Mary's. She donated out of her own life substance the flesh of Jesus. The body prepared for Christ is taken from the Blessed Mother. Nobody else in salvation history occupies such a role. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Having an in-body experience as we speak. I feel like I'm inside my body. Looking out through my eyes, that is the weirdest feeling. Nice to have you with me. This show is just a lot of fun, and I get to talk to a lot of really neat people. 
I feel like Beaver Cleaver. Gee, Laney. That's really neat. Judy from Albany. Albany? Albany. Judy, am I, tell me how to pronounce that. Albany? Albany. Like Albany. there's a second L there. Uh, yes. Albany. I mean, I know that's like, the capital. I know that's the capital. Yes, it but, is. But I hear it pronounced both ways. Yes, because it's spelled phonetically Albany. Okay. But we Albany. pronounce it Albany. Like there's enough, a double L in there. I gotcha, gotcha. Albany. Got, got it. Me. All right. Now. So many times you've got me, Dr. Ray. It boggles my mind. <laughs> Something tells me it don't take a whole lot to boggle your mind there, Judy. <laughs> Dr. Ray, are you really laughing at me and insulting me? I don't think so, sir. <laughs> no, ma'am. I think you're teasing me. That's exactly right. Thank you for noticing the difference. Well, you tease, you have you tease the kind of a selfish humor and then a good attitude tease, to understand. Sir. You tease the people you care about. You know that. Even when you don't know them yet. That's right. But you listen, so I feel flattered. Your husband. What, I know. What, what, I kind know. Of, what kind of water trauma does he have from childhood? When he was very young, probably. I don't know how old, four or five. He was out of lake with his father and his siblings. And he uh, went in the water by mistake. Mm. And it was so serious. His father was wearing a, a very uh, not swimming outfit. And he went right in the water and uh, saved him. So has he avoided so the- water ever since? Any kind of lake, any kind of swimming, anything like that? No, no, but he has avoided cruise ships. Oh. And my goal is to get him on the Good News Cruise for 2025 because we had reservations set for 2024, and I broke my back, so I had to come out of that. So he he was going to go on 2024? Well, I don't know how much he thought he was going to go, but... It was kind of put on hold once I broke my back. I hope you're so okay. I'm hoping he'll go on 2025. Well, you got to ask him, what is your fear yes. of a cruise ship? And if he says, well, uh, right it, here. it'll sink. Those things are floating cities. I've never heard of one ever sinking, and there have been hundreds of thousands of cruises all over the place. That's one. Two, so they have true. they have enormous safety. They got those lifeboats are not lifeboats. They're dog. I'm surprised they don't have a buffet in the lifeboat. As far as what I've seen, <laughs> uh, they're extremely safe. But the question becomes, I'm not I'm not sure how it's related his fear of of water and being helpless to a cruise ship. I'm, I'm not really sure on the connection, Judy. You're going to have to give me a call back because Andrew Kuchek so rudely just told me that I've got about 20 seconds left. So please call me back, and I'm shocked. I hope your back's better. This is Dr. Ray. Walk with God. Always. Fall. Get up. Grab his hand. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. 
The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.